place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where the no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspot's Comics Town Comic book fans, welcome to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 186, where we recommend and lovingly review the best of the brand new comic books that just came out, New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, December 5th. There were so many comics, right Ian? Oh man, a ton. Yes, and I am joined by my play-by-play color commentator, co-host, Ian Yarrington. How's it going, Ian? Hey man, I'm doing real good. <laughs> Excellent. And me, I am your friendly neighborhood host, Chris Latori. We hope that all is good with you and yours. Right, Ian? Absolutely, man. I hope your family's doing well. Yes. And please hit the subscribe button to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Check out all of our past podcasts on our gigantical feed. There's a lot of stuff there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, all at Sunspots Comics. And Ian, plug yourself. Uh, you can find me at comicbook.com where I do reviews can uh, email me if you want, uh, ebombs at gmail. Uh, let me know what you want to see, what you want to hear from the podcast, or what you want to see reviewed. I'm always up for suggestions. I would love hearing from people. Excellent self-plugging, my friend. <laughs> Most importantly, let's uh, get started here with some humble thank yous. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Thank you for listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Whether this is your first time just trying us out or you're a Sunspots Comics loyalist, seriously, thank you from the both of us for choosing the Sunspots Comics podcast. Right, Ian? Yeah, I was a loyalist before uh, you had me on, so... It's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. And here you are. Look at you now. (laughs) I know, right? Moving up in the world. Moving on up. Baby all grown now. Um, (laughs) And thank you to my friend Nick Papa George for singing our fantastic Sunspots Comics theme song. Please check out his solo singing stuff on Facebook.com slash PopDees and his band Solution at Facebook.com slash Solution Reggae. I mean, if you love rock and reggae and just feel-good guitar-based kind of islandy music, you're going to love Solution and you're going to love Nick Papa George's stuff. So check him out and thank you, Nick. We appreciate it. Yeah, I love how you say uh, the islandy because it's definitely got that island feel to it. Right? Totally. Yeah. And thank you to our sponsor, Pop Up Tea. Check out their super giant selection of nerdy t shirts at popuptea.com. They have it all and then some, right, Ian? Oh, yeah. It's a good time for the uh, uh, ugly sweatshirt look. <laughs> yes. They have a bunch of that, too. Um, so go to popuptea.com and most importantly, use the promotional code Sunspots Comics and you'll get 25% off of any shirt order, even the clearance stuff. So thank you to popuptea.com. And one last one, just on a personal note, I wanted to say thank you to a listener, Sam. Hey, Sam, how's it going? It was a pleasure meeting you. Uh, We shared a cup of joe. We got to know each other a little bit, sharing some stories about our lives, and just had a very fun, nerdy conversation about our love of comic books. Don't you love that, Ian, when you just have a nice conversation with someone just talking about comics and you just lose track of time? Oh, dude, that's got to be the, the most awesome feeling in the world. And plus knowing that they listen, too, so you can kind of go back to different podcasts and stuff and, yeah, reminisce about stuff uh, 
stuff that you've already covered. Yeah. Get some good ideas too, you know? And I just love the way time just slips away when you're talking to someone that's really into comics. Like like Sam. Uh, your positivity was just palpable. Your constructive criticism is seriously appreciated. So I just want to say hello, shout out to my friend Sam, and thank you, Sam. And so now let's bust a kneecap as we land, make a giant superhero landing right into the Sunspots Comics podcast, issue number 186. Both of our knees hurt, right, Ian? We just landed on the ground on a knee. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help but it's always stuck in my head with that. But anyway, so here we go. Starting out with some stuff that's been floating around inside of our nerdy brains. And man, what a great week for stuff just floating around in the nerd brain, right? Oh, dude, so much stuff. So much stuff. Where do we start? Well, let's start with the Avengers 4 Endgame trailer. How many times did you watch it, Ian? Be honest. Uh, well, at least 20. I think I mean, I'm, that's on the low end, you know? I think I'm with you. I saw that they're up to like 62 bajillion uh, views. That's a real number. It's a, it's a lot of views. <laughs> but, uh, man, what was your uh, just initial thoughts of the Avengers 4 trailer and game? Uh, my initial thoughts were, okay, well, light spoiler here, but uh, how did Ant-Man come about? Yes, right. You, I, I had that as my my end note, but yeah, let's let's go there. It had me wondering about the timeline of everything because, uh, you know, again, watch the trailer, uh, everyone. It's fantastic. But Ant Man shows up knocking on the door of the uh, the Avengers Gate, like, hey, let me in. But if anyone that saw Ant Man versus Wasp at the end, he's stuck in the microverse or the quantum realm. They're not allowed to call it microverse for some reason. Um, so yeah, well, did that make you think about the timeline as well? Yeah, it made me think about the timeline. It also made me think about, uh, you know, my my first thought was, okay, somebody saved him. Yeah. So who would that be? Sure. I didn't even think that. I thought maybe, I mean, he was stuck in there before, right? Um, In in Ant-Man 1 and just uh, used the the enlarger disc. Remember? Yeah, that's true. Um, So maybe he just pulled one out of his his, uh, utility belt? And was like, zap, hey, I'm here, I'm good. <laughs> Maybe it's as simple as that, right? And nobody saved him? Yeah, I suppose it would be It would be the kind of twist that, that Marvel does, you know, where it's like, no, 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 it's something simple, don't worry. Yeah, because they got, I'm sure they have so many points to hit, right? That's one they got to just kind of move along, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I love the, I, first thing that made me happy was it wasn't crazy, crazy like spoilery. I didn't feel like like I could do sometimes when I see Marvel trailers like oh I saw so much you know and it was no they really just kind of lived in the moment for, uh, like over it was two minutes and thirty five seconds and over half of it was just Tony Stark stuck in a ship you know yeah and, I kind of disagree with you a little bit on like the um, spoilery the spoilery aspect oh yeah um not uh not saying that they spoiled anything in this I'm just saying. Uh, usually Marvel, in my opinion, keeps it kind of spoilery free. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they do a good job at splicing their uh, their trailers and not giving away too much. They kind of do that thing where they do two trailers that are almost the same with maybe one extra scene, but then they cut it differently. You know what I mean? Yes, and yeah, and then they. Well, I guess it, it depends on your sensitivity to spoilers. So for me, my sensitivity is kind of high. Right? So I yeah. got what you totally get what you're saying. I usually don't see the rest of the trailers. Like that's it. I'll see this one and I won't watch the rest because 
that's when I start feeling the way I'm feeling. So I was already kind of apprehensive going in, but then was like happy, like, oh, okay, this didn't give me that much. I'm, I'm kind of good with this. There were some flashes. We got to see the, you know, Thanos's garb that was that was standing up like a scarecrow. It actually looked like there was like a barn behind him, even. Yeah, right? yeah, I think that's right out of the. That's a page right out of the book comics. There. Excellent. Right out of the, um, uh, but one of the end scenes, I believe. Oh, great! We'll have to dig in and look that up, but. I dug yeah. that, and I also, I mean, total just kind of ripoff in a good way of, of the movie Gladiator, where Thanos is walking through a through a field of, like, strange alien plants, which is just almost beat for beat. The movie Gladiator, when he's walking through that wheat field, in his hand, and there's a close-up on his hand, as he's just oh, kind yeah. of, you know the what I mean? Scene, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can tell uh, the Russo brothers are paying homage, uh, not ripping off, uh, the movie Gladiator, which I love. So I, I dug that. And, uh, and oh, and what did you think of uh, Hawkeye's uh, Ronin garb? Oh, I'm I'm absolutely over the moon about that. I've been waiting for this ever since the photos leaked to him in the in the Ronin gear. Yeah, and is he pissed or what? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm guessing, man. I'm guessing his family went away in the snap, and he just he lost it. He's like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Oh, that's a good guess, right? They yeah, blinked away I'm his thinking. family yeah. because he just looks like he's got this murderous rage in his eyes. And he's cleaning the blood off his off the sword for crying out. He's got a sword. Well, he, he hasn't used swords uh, before in the MCU, so was like I was I was like kind of shocked, surprised, and happy to see him. Right, like hey, he's he was kind of left out of uh, the last uh, whatever, right? But he's back. Yeah, back with a vengeance. Yeah, so it was nice to see him. And uh, but yeah, and then then my last note was just the you know the last beat of it, which is. Ant Man at the at the gates of the Avengers, uh, you know, headquarters. There he is, and of course, it's just Paul Rudd being Paul Rudd. It, it seems very casual, and uh, he 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 has a way of just making everything feel like it's just, you know, it, he just came up with it on the fly, right? That it's just a, uh, it's just him casually talking, right? Yeah, he uh, <laughs> he's like one of those guys that you feel you feel like you know him already. Yeah, like, totally. It's like a buddy that you can go have a beer with. Totally, I would love that. And he just has this thing where he sort of overtalks, and and I love that. Like even in Civil War, when he hands Captain America the shield, right? He's like, "This is, I believe, I think this belongs to you, Captain America." You know, it's just like every. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the more words that come out of him, the better. I'm just a huge Paul Rudd fan. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's move on to the next thing. I th- the next thing that's lodged inside of our nerd brain kind of <laughs> continues on this conversation. It's just more chat of. Ian and I uh, talking about comic book movies and TV shows. So let's just dive right back in. Um, the first thing that's jumping into my head is I bought my Aquaman tickets. Are you ready, Ian? Did you buy your tickets yet to Aquaman? Oh, man. So I'm not 100% if I'm going to be able to see it until... <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> this really hurts my heart, but um, one of my best friends is getting married, so I'm going to be out of town. Oh, that Christmas son of a bitch. <laughs> I know, that's what I said. I was like, dude, don't you know uh, what kind of stuff is coming out? Yeah. Uh, what They're kind in... of a date are you picking here? Let's... Right, right. Tell him, get his priorities together. Getting married when there's comic book movies coming out? What is he thinking? I know, in the winter? Come on, man. Like, everybody gets married in the summer. What are you doing? What's your friend's uh, first name? What's his name? Brian. Brian. Is yeah. he into nerd stuff at all? Is he uh, into... Not so much, No. No. <laughs> well, I remember when I, the day I got married, there was a Kings game that day, and the my best man, Daniel, 
He said, uh, I got to tell you, he's got to love this this woman because there's a game on right now and he hardly ever misses any games. <laughs> so right. it's like, so I kind of, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I, I can understand uh, having to miss stuff for, for these amazing events. But Brian, uh, you're making it hard for Ian here to see Aquaman. It's all right, though. I think I'm going to try to see it while I'm out of town. All right. Well, I got, I bought my tickets for the 20th and then the DC Universe offered their members uh, to to buy tickets to see it on the seventeenth, and I'm like, ah, oh, three days earlier. But the DCU offered limited screenings, and they were not reserved seats. So it's like waiting in line a couple of hours to. And even the, it even said as a disclaimer, seats are not guaranteed. So I was like, waiting That's two or three tough. hours. That is tough. Yeah, it's tough. So I think I'm gonna stick with the twentieth. Although I'm waiting for that Amazon offer. Did you get? Anything yet in regards to them offering Amazon Prime members the ability to buy tickets to see Aquaman on the 17th? Did you get anything like that yet? I haven't. No, I have not gotten it yet, but I've heard, uh, you know, that it's, it's definitely coming down the pipe, so we'll see. Yeah, and it's the 10th, so we're, we've got to be hearing it between now and the 17th, so uh, come on, Amazon. Let's do it. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah come on, Jeff Bezos. Get on it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got nothing else to do. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> put the satellite down or whatever it is you're working on. Okay. <laughs> Stop working on the, uh, you know, all of your the probes you're sending in space. Whatever it is you do, come on, <laughs> Aquaman, focus. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next topic is uh, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. I just kind of it's been on my brain because of this the 190 percent tomato meter reading <laughs> and the uh, I think I got 187 percent on IMDb. Uh, are you seeing this, Ian? Do you kind of know where I'm going with this? <laughs> yeah, so um, I talk regularly uh, with my buddy who does uh, reviews at the Seattle PI. Oh, cool. And uh, Yeah, he says that, believe the hype, he's seen it twice already. He said it's really good. It got better the second time around. And uh, yeah, hmm. he said it's definitely, definitely living up. Plug your friend uh, as to where we can find him. We can see his review. Well, his name is uh, Tim Hall, and he does reviews for the Seattle PI. It's a newspaper here in Seattle. So, uh, cool. Yeah, go check him out, man. Give him uh, give him some feedback. Let him know what you think of his reviews. Can you see the articles too online, like uh, SeattlePI.com or something like that? Does yeah. Have, like, yeah. Own? Cool. Well, I'll check him out. And that's uh, you know, I'm, it's, it seems like everyone in the world is seeing it too, right? Like, like so many people have seen it. Uh, they're they're really kind of. I was just like. Like kind of a, a little, say, taken aback, a little concerned with just the kind of the overhype machine, you know, uh, when you see that trailer come up and all of the the white uh, lettering is in, in the middle of the image, right? Three stars, 100 percent, this, that and all the, you know, all those white letterings fill the screen. You know, are you feeling yeah, are you feeling yeah. any of that? Like like the hype machines coming on a little strong? Yeah, but um, <clears throat> most of the time I kind of chalk it up to the marketing techniques because mm-hmm. you know it's always if you're the number one comedy it's always the big year oh number one comedy of the year you know so like <laughs> it just kind of is the it's the machine you know it just picks it picks all this stuff out and throws it front and center so i just kind of give it no i pay it no mind usually nice well sometimes i just get it, it caught into it or I, i'm worried about the thriller but no filler you know what i mean it's just a yeah, yeah. The over the over hyping of it and i already i already know i want to love it there was Five minutes at the end of Venom, of the film, just cut right in. Did you saw Venom right at the very end? Did you stay till the, till they were sweeping the theater? 
Mm, no, I haven't seen Venom yet. <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. But at the end of Venom, there's there's just five minutes of the movie of, of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Just like a, a scene up and running. They cut right into it. And uh, it's not edited out. It's just it's just five minutes of the film. And it's great. And I already know I'm going to love it. I'm just a little concerned with some of the, the overhyped machine running a little too you know, on too many cylinders here, on you know, and super unleaded, going a little crazy. That's all. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely going to see that as well. Can't wait. I mean, what a month, right? We get we get Aquaman and Spider Man in the same month. I mean, fantastic. Oh yeah, it's the perfect time to be alive if you're a comic book uh, movie fan. Yes, yes, yes. And I know. Uh, and I was even playing the Spider Man video game recently, and Stan Lee's cameo was in it, and I got a little choked up. I was just like, wow. Uh, that's what I've heard. I've heard it's a it's a little bit of a tearjerker. It is, man. And he, it was just this moment in the video game where this is on PlayStation, by the way, the Spider-Man video game, where they're going into like a diner, and I think that the diner is uh, I forgot the name of the diner, but I think they are kind of Stan Lee is a diner owner, and uh, Peter Parker and Mary Jane are sitting there at, in at a counter together, and they've uh, spoiler on the story. It's not so important, but they broke up a little while ago, and they're kind of sitting back together. And as uh, Spider-Man goes uh, following sirens, you know, he, Stan Lee, the digitized Stan Lee is right there, turns his head and just says, oh, I love it when you two are together. And like, that's about it. And just kind of turns his head. And uh, yeah, I almost uh, started crying in like 10 seconds and that little 10 seconds of seeing him because I didn't know it was there and it surprised me and jumped right out. And I was like, wow. So play it, Ian. Get it. You people, everybody. Spider-Man, PlayStation. It was great. It was a nice little moment. But let's uh, mosey into television then. Comic book TV, right? We uh, we both uh, watched uh, Elseworlds, episode one. Oh, before we get started, of course, this is maybe the most spoilery area, so spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the CW uh, crossover, episode one, Elseworlds. We're going to talk a little bit about it, right? So what were your initial thoughts on the CW versus crossover episode ian so i just got back into this with this episode i uh, was a huge arrow fan when it first came out i saw the first what three seasons of that and then i saw the first like one season of flash and then uh all that kerfuffle with uh hulu and netflix and it moving you know moving from one to the next i kind of fell off and just never really picked it back up but i got back into it with this and Dude, I was pleasantly surprised, man. Right? It was really good. It was really, really good. And I was I was happy that when I was recommending it to you, you actually said that you enjoy the campiness. Because I was like, oh, thank God. Because, you know, there's there's quite a bit of it there <laughs> in superhero campiness. But it was great, right? Just just even the, the humor bits were just timed nicely. And there weren't too many humor bits. Like, they weren't trying to be overly funny, right? Yeah, and I think this cast kind of, they've really gelled together in the last couple of years. Yes. It's really cool to see. They all, uh, you know, you get that vibe like like they all really enjoy working with each other and it shows through through what they're doing, yeah. Yeah, and I, I call this the, the kitchen sink uh, CW crossover because you got Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, Superman. We had a Mazo in this, which is fantastic. I even have to give them hats off normally. A lot of the CG is kind of low budget. Didn't you feel this had a little more higher budget feel? Like they spent some money on it? Oh, absolutely. Especially, like you said, with the Mazo. Like, he was done really well. Right. There were a couple scenes where I was like, ooh, yeah, skimping on this one. But it, it was like minor stuff. 
Because yes. they really pulled out all the stops on Amazo. When normally the CG issues are major stuff in some of these, I'll be honest, I, I believe. Yeah. But, but this <laughs> just seemed like they cut it nicer, they spent a little bit more money, uh, and then they had a fantastic sort of ending to it. We already said spoiler alert, and we already know this is coming though, but the Batwoman debut, and we just got uh, just a little just a little tease, a little tickle with a feather, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, for, for my taste, it wasn't enough, but I know that the second, uh, you know, the Arrow one is coming out tonight, right? So, yes. So I, I understand why they did it. I just am a little butthurt. <laughs> yeah, it was a long shot, too, of Batwoman, right? Standing on the top yes. of the building. They didn't even get close to, like, show her eyes or face. You just, they just, like, like it was someone on the ground uh, looking up, and there she was. <laughs> they didn't yeah, get close. The silhouette, I felt like the silhouette wasn't enough, you know? It was like, yeah, I see the flowing hair, but you couldn't see, like, the ears or anything. You know? Yeah, you couldn't. and just, They just knew that you knew because they were going to Gotham. You're like, okay, well, it's a Bat family of some sort, right? Yeah. And I love uh, just some of the stills I've seen of Batwoman. You're right. I want more, too. They do pay respect to an artist I love, J.H. Williams. They've kind of, if you want to see just Batwoman done so beautifully, in my opinion, is just the iconic artist uh, for Batwoman. Go look at J.H. Williams and put in Batwoman. And they actually kind of, they took some of his art and made, you know, stills where she's like, it's like panel for panel, almost a perfect comparison. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, go look at J.H. Williams, Batwoman, gorgeous stuff. But um, where are the, uh, on this crossover too, I was kind of thinking though too, like, where's the Legends of Tomorrow? Like, where's, where's Black Lightning? You know, we didn't, uh, did you hear anything if they're, if they're either one of them are going to make an appearance? But I don't think so. Are they? No, not that I know of. Hmm. I yeah, think bummer. it's just the trilogy. They got left out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well. <laughs> I'd say go all in, CW. Like, throw in Archie. Let's get some Riverdale people in there. Oh, you know, you know just... what, man? The more uh, Constantine I can get, the better. Yes. Great one. There you go. Why not? He's in Legends. Like, let's sprinkle yeah. him in there, too. But uh, right now, the gist, I like its simple premise at this point, right? It really hasn't opened up. It's just the Freaky Friday. It's uh, if Arrow and Flash just sort of changed uh, changed powers because and and face right everyone sees them as the other so it's definitely that freaky friday moment thing what do you think of that uh you know it it, it was a good twist and <clears throat> i don't know who the big bad guy is but uh i like him his design is really cool he's kind of like a he's kind of like apocalypse was in the x-men movies you know? yeah he's like the, the mutton chops guy that they referenced <laughs> yeah, right yeah. he's called mutton chops and I do believe that the uh, the mullet uh, professor is going to be a big bad too. I saw an article about that as well. So it, it seems like they're setting him up right because this the mutton chop guy comes out of the multiverse and hands him this this uh, just insane book of who knows what right. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, hey, have fun and go deep and uh, go a little nuts. And boy, they there's only like a one minute scene of them introducing that guy, but he they couldn't have picked a, a better person to be the next supervillain, right? <laughs> oh yeah, he definitely has that creepy vibe. So creepy, but I thought uh, he, they did well with him too. Like you know, in, in casting as far as how he looked, and uh, I think that was a, a good pick as well. But I'm I'm all in on this. So uh, there's what there's five episodes I guess that cross over uh, all all the sh- all three shows, right? If yeah, I'm not really sure. That sounds about right, though. That's what I remember I thought I saw. But anyway, um, Elseworlds, crossover, CD, CW's Kitchen Sink, folks. Check it out. It's called El- Elseworlds. Episode 1's available. I jumped on and watched it on the CW app, which I love. Uh, you saw it on the CW app, too, right? 
Oh, yeah, actually, that's the way I watched the first probably two seasons of Arrow, I think. Yeah, I love that you don't have to log into the CW app or anything. You just just start watching. Yes, you're forced to watch some commercials, but it doesn't feel that bad. Um, and it's super high def. It looks beautiful. But Elseworlds, right? Uh, glowing endorsement, glowing review from my side. What about you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I second that. Oh, and did it matter at all that you and I both haven't watched any of the other shows? <laughs> I haven't watched any Arrow this last season. I didn't watch any Flash this season. I might have watched one or two episodes of Flash. I definitely haven't watched any Supergirl. Did that matter to you? No, no. no. I jumped right in. I felt, uh, you know, I, I, maybe a little bit if you don't know any of the characters at all. You've never seen any of it. But you kind of figure it out real quick. Yeah. I mean, and you have Superman there and Lois Lane. Like, uh, you know, they jumped in with the, the the theme of Smallville, which got me all kind of pumped and excited for some reason. I was expecting, like, Tom Welling and right. some of the other... And I was like, what am I... Where am I going with this in my head? But um, we got to see the current Superman in the CW and the current Lois. And I hadn't seen Lois. I'm like, oh, who's that? Oh, that's Superman? Great. But you just... It gets up and running and it's fun and it's fast-paced and it moves really quick and it's just a good time and you don't need any sort of continuity or watching previous issues of anything right you can just enjoy it yeah yeah and definitely jump in there fantastic but yeah check out elseworlds it's available now tonight is the arrow episode two of the crossover so get on the cw uh, and check it out it's a just a fun time a little bit of campiness but a great time we give it a glowing endorsement that's elseworlds episode one the kitchen sink the cw crossover <laughs> So, uh, uh, anything else there uh, floating around in your nerd brain? I got one last one. Ian, anything else? Uh, no, I think we covered everything I've been thinking about. All right. Well, uh, the last thing floating around inside of my nerd brain is that I'm creating my very own comic book called Zombie Destroyers. And it's been a ton of fun. I've always just... It's been a dream of mine to make my own comic book my own way since I was just a little kid. I created Zombie Destroyers. I'm writing it and lettering it. Please follow the Zombie Destroyers team. Check out their stuff. Artist Juan Mora at Young Minded Giant and Jordan Hudson at Skablad. And our colorist Caroline Nolasco at Carol N. Art. Thank you to all of the Zombie Destroyers team. I really appreciate all of your hard work. And to see what my comic book Zombie Destroyers looks like, just go over to sunspotscomics.com, click on Zombie Destroyers to see the three colored sample pages. It's good stuff. And now for a mention, a quick mention of a segment I love called Spotlighting. It's a segment on the Sunspots Comics podcast where I get to have some great conversations with some comic book creators. Check out this Spotlighting interview that I'm super proud of. It's with comic book artist and movie director Troy Nixie. He did um, this comic book that we love, both Ian and I read it, uh, through Dark Horse called Vinegar Teeth. Uh, what's the best way to encapsulate what Vinegar Teeth looks like, Ian? Oh, what it looks like? Yeah. <laughs> the visual uh, of it. Like this, this like crazy... Uh... I don't even know how to describe him. He's this weird, I don't know, gelatinous type thingy. Perfect. Goopy is the word that comes yeah. to my mind. Goop. Goopy. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but it's weird. It's a comic book called Vinegar Teeth. Troy Nixie uh, is, the, is the artist and creator of it. And he also directed a movie uh, by Guillermo del Toro. It's called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. It's a horror movie that I really enjoyed. And I never say that uh, or I very rarely say that. But we talk about all kinds of stuff, Troy Nixie and myself. Uh, just check it out on the Sunspots Comics feed. It's uh, myself and Troy Nixie. And also check out Sunspots Comics issue 159. I interviewed comic book creator Nandini Bapat. She created this heartwarming comic book. It's just lovely. This comic book about her grandfather's life. It's called Aja. Didn't you check that out, Ian? Yeah, definitely. And heartwarming is, is like... 
Whew, that's not doing it justice, man. You bring your tissues. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, be prepared. It's lovely. It's on Sunspots Comics uh, Podcast 159. But there's a bunch of spotlighting interviews that are coming up. There's a bunch of them already on the feed, so check it out. If you work in comic books or you're trying to break into the comic book industry like myself, let's have a chat. Uh, send me a message. Hit me up with a review copy of your comic book to my email, chris at sunspotscomics.com. Or feel free also to just to message us at Sunspots Comics. So now, on to the main course, the centerpiece, the epicenter, the Sunspots Comics podcast, which is our comic book recommendations, where we share with you our favorite picks of the new comic books that just came out this last Wednesday, new comic book day, December 5th. You ready, Ian? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. And just in case you're being warned, super duper light, semi-spoiler-ish alert. Let's ring the bell real quick. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> but don't worry. Uh, we really just want to inspire you to go buy these comic books and read them. So we never really spoil them. We never discuss the last few pages, right? The cliffhangers we leave alone. And we only discuss some of the interesting points that actually makes up a comic book. But just in case you've been super duper liked, semi-spoiler-ish alerted. And before we get into the top comics, Ian, let's... Announce this week's artist winner and cover artist winner of the week. Every week we pick what we believe to be the best comic book art of the week. So put your eyeballs on these immediately. You'll be so happy that you did. And uh, Ian and I were on the same page this week with our picks. So go ahead, Ian. Why don't you announce this week's cover artist winner of the week? So uh, cover winner was Sean Daly for Ogre. Yes. And my goodness, this dude has a really amazing style, and he does it all with watercolors. Yes. Mm. I loved issue the cover on issue one, and I think I loved the cover of issue two even a little bit more. We're kind of uh, just piling them up here together and breaking format a little bit. But, yeah, please uh, talk about the cover to Ogre from Source Point Press, issue number one. Again, this is uh, our... Our cover artist winner, Sean Daly. Follow him, by the way, at Sean underscore Daly. It's Sean with an H, D-A-L-E-Y. But yeah, uh, watercoloring style, um, kind of the, in the vein of the Jeff Lemire stuff that he, when he does his own art, right? Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like it's Jeff Lemire-esque, as in it, it's um, like uh, like kid friendly, especially compared to like somebody like David Mack, you know, who has kind of a a more or like Bill Sienkiewicz who has the more, like, like hardcore style, you know? This yes. is more uh, slightly cartoony, you know? Yep. But, uh, like, <laughs> it's hard to explain how he does it, but he blends these colors just so beautifully. I, I have no idea how he does it, man. Yeah, it's that, it's that, that sort of that parchment style of paper as well. Whether it's digital or not, it just has this... Very, very kind of uh, rough-edged parchment-like paper that it's printed on. So they get yeah. some great watercoloring blends in that. It's just, it's yeah. just a, a workshop in watercoloring, right? Yeah, and I can't, I can't imagine he has to do this by hand. It looks too, it looks too good. <laughs> and if he doesn't, you, you gotta say it, it. You know, it looks real enough to where I was like, wow, look at yeah. that. And he'll, yeah. and I noticed that he'll go from the very sort of fluffy fluffy sort of powdery looking uh watercoloring style to then just very clear and, and you know kind of actually within the lines and and then it becomes a you know just a, a more of like a traditional ink style but he kind of blends it together right where it's a little yeah, harder edge that soft that soft like uh, light tone to it versus that like hard 
really, really dense, uh, almost ink-like uh, part. Um, the best way I could describe it is like the backgrounds are just yeah. like flowing and like beautiful. And then the uh, like on the cover of issue one, where he's uh, kind of standing there and he's almost silhouetted, but you can see that he's carrying he, uh, a you body. Know, yeah, not to not to spoil it, but uh, he's attached to a dead body whose ghost talks to him. Yeah, the the ogre is, and uh, yeah, the issue one has that really nice silhouette of the ogre, um, <clears throat> but that uh, the more up in your face uh, is the body that's just yes. dripped over him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's just oh, it looks so good. It's amazing. And there's even a subtle how the um, the spirit that's standing next to the ogre matches the font of the word ogre. Like that coloring kind of matches it. It's it's a little off, but it's close. It just sort of ties in to the top yeah. of the comic. Like yeah. you don't you don't see that very often. And you're right about the if like the backgrounding on this. It's like a right at that sunset where the there's just this ethereal pink and blue with stars in the background. And you're right. It's just so beautifully watercolored. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's almost like he's he's walking if off into the sunset, or or maybe uh, you know walking into something. Yes, which I like to think maybe issue number one he's walking into it, right? Right. Yeah, it does look like that. Like there's there's also like a fiery aspect at their feet, like they're kind of walking away from some sort of disaster, walking towards something else. Yeah, and it's just a bit of storytelling there. Also, did you notice in both issue number one and number two on the cover? of Ogre, by the way, you gotta check it out, from Source Point Press. There's like this um, use of like a, like a texturization of like thumbprints, like especially on the cover, it looks like thumbprints sort of used over and over again as a texture of this like water snake on the cover of issue number two. It's, oh yeah, I was looking at that earlier, and uh, yeah, it's it's really beautiful the way that he does it, but it's almost subtle at first, you kinda gotta stop and like look at it a couple times. Yes, and the attention to light upon it. But I also wonder if that's Sean Daly's like thumbprint. Is that his actual thumbprint? Oh like, yeah, did he, <laughs> you know, did he did he do that himself? Uh, are there like um, sort of generic platform thumbprints you can use on Photoshop or in whatever programs out there? Yeah, <laughs> I, I bet he did it on accident. I was like, oh yeah, it kind of looks good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and pull him aside and talk to him, Sean. That's your actual thumbprints, like a. Uh, you gotta alter it of some way, <laughs> but uh, it just looks cool the way they texturize this this serpent, this snake, and it's like this almost like a tattooing kind of very intricate art. But it's if you look close, it's a thumbprint used for texturizing. It's just very cool little little teeny little thing that I think just takes it to that next level. Yeah, it makes it look so good. And I think uh, what what really hits me off most about uh, issue number two is the contrast between the silhouette of the ogre versus issue two is like, boom, ogre front, yes. front and center, full frontal ogre. I mean, not in that way, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> View of ogre and the other side of uh, the corpse he's carrying. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And you, yeah. And you can still kind of see like, Oh, okay. What's this corpse thing going on? And you, you can kind of tell like, okay, he just kind of, th you know, throws him over his shoulder, like no big deal. I'll just carry this dude around with me. <laughs> Yeah, and the subtleness of the serpent that has like a beak on it, so it, it doesn't feel like it's something of this world, right? It's like a, like a like a beak-faced serpent snake of some kind. You just know you're in another world by that subtle little gesture, right? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, but man, Sean Daly, you crushed it. Uh, you are a cover artist winner of the week for sure for Ogre, issue number one and two. Go put your eyeballs on it, folks. It's very, very pretty. It's gorgeous. You like watercoloring style? Uh, you're going to love this, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. And the breakdown. Uh, I actually read 23 comics this week. How many comics did you read, Ian? Uh, I read 25. Man, so many comics. I'm not good at math, but between the two of us, we read like 114 comics, I think. Something like that. It's just <laughs> <Yeah>. a lot. <laughs> but uh, of all those comics, uh, only four of them made it to the Great Ones recommendation list. That's right. It's not easy to make our top pick list here. Right, Ian? Yeah, it's pretty tough, man. Tough. We go back and forth. We we compare. We put them against each other. There's like this battle royale of comics that happens. We you gotta to make it to the top is tough. Well, there were four this week. Also, there were six new number ones that I actually read, and three of them made it to the list. How many new number ones did you read this week, Ian? Uh, I read five. Nice. Well, of the, of the, all the number ones we read, only three of them made it to the top pick list, which is awesome because there's only four picks this week. So that's pretty darn good, I think. But yeah, uh, it's, it's not bad. And honestly, uh, a couple of them, they really fought to get in there, but they came up just a little bit short. Yeah, I even loved our conversation we have about why some of those don't quite make that top pick list. But again, uh, trust us, folks. We read them all. We read them again. Then Ian and I talk about them. Then we discuss it. We figure out what's the best the best so that you can save some time, you can save some money, and just get to know what the best comics are. So when you go to your shop, you'll save some time and save some money. But here we go now. This is the top comic book recommendation list. This is what we consider to be the best of the best of all the new comic books that just came out, New Comic Book Day, December 5th. So we strongly recommend you go and buy these at your local comic book shop today. Ian, what's your favorite comic book shop? Give them a plug. Help them out. Uh, my favorite that I go to uh, every single Wednesday, <laughs> Stargazers in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, my boys Jeremy and Damien, uh, totally awesome guys. They they don't care if you've never read a comic book. You walk in there and you say, hey, um, never read a comic book. Here's what I think I might like. They will sit with you. They will find something. They will give you attention. They will be – they don't care if you're a, a long-time reader or a first-time reader. They're just awesome guys, and they just want you to read. Very cool. I love to hear that when they're they're comic book experts and they'll take the time to help someone out because there's so many things to choose from. So thank you, Stargazers. And uh, I go to Comic Madness in Ontario. So thank you to Jeremy and to Lee, the owners there. Same thing. They're comic book experts. They know how to give you a proper recommendation. They'll ask you stuff like, what kind of TV shows or movies do you like? And then make a recommendation you know, based on that. So I dig that. They don't just kind of pick one out of their brain and go, you know, hey, try this. They kind of ask you questions. And I, I think Stargazers does some of that too, right? To get to kind of know what you like. Yeah, definitely. They want to they want to make sure that you're happy and that you <clears throat> that you enjoy reading what they recommend. Well, that's the best, so man. It's, it's not about just pushing product on you. It's about finding out what you like and what you care to, you know, care to read. Right on. Well, thank you again, Stargazers and Comic Madness. So here we go now. These are the five great comic four. Sorry, four great comic books that we recommend this week. So let's jump into the countdown. So why don't you take number four, Ian? Ooh, Prodigy from Lar World. Yes, Prodigy. Who give the credits? Who did that? Oh, uh, Edison K Crane. That was the uh, name uh, of the guy. This is Mark Millar. Yeah. <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, Mark, Mark Millar. Raphael Albuquerque. Yes, on art, which yes. uh, Raphael Albuquerque did Huck a while back for Image, which I still love and still think about his art. And uh, and he's done Batman from time to time. But, man, I love his stuff. And Prodigy, issue number one. Give the quick gist of it for the folks, would you? Uh, well, it kind of sums it up in the name. He's a, hmm? uh, This fellow's a prodigy. He's the smartest man in the world, pretty much can can run a run a business, uh, you know, cure cancer. Yeah. <laughs> dude, what can he not can do? Move. Yeah, what can he not do? Exactly. It's, it's a shorter list that way. Yeah, he's like this crazy super genius. I think it's uh, Mark Millar is really on to something here, kind of designing this new character. It's just like... He can do everything, right? He's a daredevil. He's a chess master. He's a he can memorize martial arts over a weekend and then just beat up some bullies on on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that's great. Although it's yeah. funny, like he lists like Bruce Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, um, he, like uh, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, and I was just thinking like, hey, I'm a Bruce Lee fan. You really only needed Bruce Lee there. The rest are. You know, <laughs> they're fine. <laughs> but uh, I was well, like, wow. John Claude Van Damme can help you do the splits really well. True. You could, you could really get his split down. But uh, <laughs> I love that he, uh, um, j- yeah, just solves the world's problems in like a blink. And uh, like an asteroid hurling towards the Earth. They're like, what are your thoughts here? And he's like, let me get some calculations of this rocket. And I'll be able to design the rocket in three months. And then we'll launch it into space. And in two years, it'll destroy the, this giant asteroid that's hurling towards Earth. And he figured that out in like 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> that was pretty crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite was when he was, uh, he's like 10 years old and he's doing open heart surgery on this kid. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, that's my favorite sequence too. It's like, he's he's his friend is like 10 and he's like 11 and they're in their basement and he just, you know, cuts his friend open that has cardiac issues, right? And that was my favorite moment. It was just like jaw dropping, like, wow. We kind of knew he could do everything, right? But then he's like, open heart surgery to his best friend in the basement. <laughs> I was like, I was taken aback by that. And also, I like that the mystery they're building, without spoiling anything and what happens sort of in Act 3, right, is um, this strange sort of buildup to something that's intriguing. I mean, there's all these other problems with the Earth, but he's solving all of them. So they're building this other mystery I think he's really going to have difficulty with, right? Yeah, and... Uh... It's interesting. I, I, it left me wanting more. You know. Yeah, it a great. I, Mark Millar, I think, is good at the old cliffhanger aspect and to really kind of build an, an an intriguing third act in a comic to really get you juiced and ready for the next one. But yeah, uh, again, um, check out uh, the world of Edison Crane, the Prodigy. I know there's going to be a Netflix show on this because, uh, like, the Magic Order and everything that Mark Millar is building in this universe, uh, we'll see a. a, a sort of show from this TV show if they still call them that but I wonder too if they're gonna if the worlds will cross over you know that would be kind of cool if there is a little bit of that that connective tissue right and building a universe for Mr. Mark Millar I hope so it'd be kind of cool yeah that would be interesting I would uh I'd like to see how they uh, interact certain things yes and we we just get kind of an a cool introduction to the prodigy check it out issue number one from image and uh, again it's uh, Mark Millar and Raphael Albuquerque so uh, on to the top three. Here we go. These are the top three recommendations uh, of the week. So let's break them down. Uh, coming in at number three is Shazam, issue number one. And this is a, this is a gorgeous, gorgeously drawn book. Definitely an, an art runner-up for me. Um, but i got to give hats off. This is written by Jeff Johns, and this is art from Dale Eaglesham. Right? Is it Dale? I always want to call him Dale 
Yes, Dale. Dale yeah. Eaglesham. <laughs> Art was stunning on this, right? It To me, it looked a little bit like uh, the creator of uh, The Rocketeer, and it had that kind of Americana feeling. Uh, Dave Stevens, right? It, didn't it look like that? Yeah, a lot. And it, it has that, um, like you're saying, the Americana. For me, that goes hand in hand with the kids. Yes. You know, because kids are so, like, wholesome and down, you know, down to earth and wholehearted, you know, like... Like I always get that feel when I when I see the kids, so it works perfectly for the for the adopted family and for Billy Batson. Yeah, this this overall just made me feel happy and it just made me feel good. It was just I think the the reason for that primarily is the foster kids that are all best friends, you know. Yeah, and it's a little bit of a it's a little bit different from the origin where he kind of pushes them away a little bit. Yeah. And I really like that. I like the fact and um, you know, light spoilers here, how they uh, get the whole rest of the family involved with Shazam and with everything that's going on. Yes. It feels, it feels like a it feels like Johns has taken the time recently to really delve into DC's mythos and take a look at it and be like, you know, but here's something that I can build on or here's something that I should maybe tweak a little bit and kind of build off of that. And I think that's what he's done here is he took he took Shazam and everything and he kind of kind of tweaked it a little bit and then mm-hmm. is building on it now. And I yeah, I re- really enjoyed this first issue. Yeah, I, I you hit so many things there. I agree with like I, I also was like pleasantly surprised uh, with how they tweaked the origin but how it totally works. Um, it, maybe they did have uh, problems with each other and stuff, but that was kind of hinted at towards the past. And, and then this is a point where they're all kind of getting along and he shares his power, you know? Like that That I thought was very cool. And he builds this, you know, the, the League, the Lightning League. And they all, I love how they argue about the name of it. And there's like 20 different names. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that to me is like Jeff Johns just being the good writer that he is where he's like, yeah, of course the kids are going to argue over their name and they're going to have some silly ideas. And yeah, it just works perfectly. And uh, the uh, like I was saying about the mythos that he takes and, and builds on is that whole idea. Because everything I've ever read, which is not a whole lot of Shazam, but he always kind of pushes them away and then he gets his Shazam powers and then he's like, oh, off to fight crime. This is more like, hey, I'm still a kid. I still have a life to live. You know, and it kind of yeah. it makes yeah, more sense. I mean, yeah, really. exactly. And I kind of I just really like it. Yeah, and the whole the whole league that they got going on is great. He tapped into something there, right? Because kids just want to belong, you know. So it makes sense that he keeps the family with him and shares his power. It, it feels right. And this is just yeah. so lighthearted, though, and it just made me feel good. And if that's what you need, a little pick me up in a comic book, you're gonna get that in Shazam. I just was like happy, and it feels light, and it feels bright. And it just feels like all the kids, you know, want to just save the world in the best way they can. Great cliffhanger at the end that leads you into what? And you want to know more. Uh, bonus uh, at the end. I love, I'm a big sucker for comic books. I have bonus material at the end. There was like a, almost like a whole other comic in the back of this. The story of Mary and her origin story that was done in a very anime style. What did you think of this bonus content at the back of Shazam 1? Well, I thought that was cool, and I, I hope that they keep doing that. I want to. I kind of want to see one for all of them now, which I, I almost guarantee they will. I mean, they have to. I hope so, and I hope they. It would be nice if they even switch artists. I mean, it, you know, 
This is a different artist. That's Mayo Sen Nato, and it's very anime, you know, ish style. And uh, I loved it. It just it had a great little heart to it with this, uh, you know, foster kid that's running away from abusive parents, and how she takes the last like. 85 cents in her pocket instead of just buying sweets or even just food for herself she gives the money to you know the salvation army where the santa claus is i was just like wow it was like heartfelt and kind of it kind of got me yeah and it uh i think the uh the artist uh nateo Mm -hmm. it really goes with mary yeah. So for the next one, I'm hoping that they do switch up the artist, and I hope that they kind of keep with that theme of matching the artist with the um, character, you know? Right. And there's even a little uh, teaser there at the end of Mary's bonus content as to uh, another potential character that might be involved with the family, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all I'll say. I probably said too much, but... Um, <laughs> but Shazam, what can we say? I mean, it was just... It was a feel-good. It's an all-ages fun... Uh, great uh, getting you all hyped up for the movie Shazam coming out uh, starring Mr. ZL. <laughs> that's what I call him. Um, <laughs> uh, April of 2019. Can you believe we're already getting a Shazam movie uh, early next year? I can't believe it. It's crazy. I can't believe it's 2019. <laughs> I know. It's just right around the corner. But uh, Shazam, get it. It's that good, folks. Uh, but here we go now. On to the number one and number two top comic book picks of the week. These are the great ones, the champions, the top dogs, the supreme leaders, the big kahunas. Man, uh, we're breaking format a little bit and going with uh, the number one and number two being our top pick right here. It is Ogre. Issues number one and two from Source Point Press. Give us the credit on the team who uh, designed and made Ogre, Ian. Uh, writer Bob Sally and artist Sean Daly. Tell us a little bit about Bob. You had a little story that you were saving up. Go for it. Yeah, so um, I'm really big into indie comic books. Uh, Kickstarter and just, uh, you you know, folks that are just working their way up from the ground up. And uh, Bob is pretty much a huge part of that. I don't think I've ever told him, but um, when I first heard about Kickstarter, I was like, oh, what's this Kickstarter thing? Because I was so big into like image and, you know, uh, boom and all these other stuff that uh, I heard about Kickstarter and I went over there and I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm like, oh, you know, a lot of this doesn't really, doesn't really speak to me at all. And then Mm -hmm. I, I happened upon Bob's uh, salvagers and I looked at this and it, it automatically uh, brought me, brought me in and reminded me of um, well, here, let me, let me backtrack. Salvagers <laughs> is about, uh, uh, space, uh, folks that salvage things. Cool. And it all came about from, you know, Star Wars after the Death Star blew up, you know, somebody goes in and salvages all the stuff that's left. Right. Right. Um, so that reminded me of Clerks with, the the, um, Kevin Smith movie and everything. And it just, it just got me right away. I was like, oh my God, that's such a great premise. It's such a cool idea. It's an awesome looking sci-fi because he had a really good artist named George Acevedes. Uh, I believe that's his name. I'm sure Bob will correct me if it's not, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it just, it was amazing. And I looked at it and I was like, I was like, man, I really want to back that, but I'm broke. <laughs> 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 but uh, luckily, other folks liked it too, and Bob kept going with it, and uh, it's just been a pleasure to jump on the Salvagers wagon and to uh, you know watch this indie creator flourish because he's gone through now I think two or three different series, and Ogre 
is kind of uh, it's his uh, you know it's it's the one that broke him in because with Source Point they have uh, stuff in diamonds so you can go ask your uh, you know ask your comic book store to look up stuff from Source Point in diamonds so that you can get it ordered you know through your comic book store and and it's just been a really amazing journey with uh, Salvagers and all the stuff Bob's been doing so. Well, cool. I haven't read Salvagers, but uh, I'm a Bob Sally fan now, so you got me. And thank you to you, Ian. Like, I completely missed this. I know they just joined Diamond recently, so that's probably why I missed it. But uh, I reached out to my comic book shop, and they didn't have it. I, I was already late to the party. Um, they're going to try to get me some, and I know you're going to reach out for me, right, to uh, to your shop to see if maybe I'll get lucky and get a copy. But, man, Ogre, uh, what can we say about this? It's It's about Shrek and his donkey. And uh, how they peel the onion? <laughs> no, <laughs> um, but it's about this uh, this not so jolly green ogre, and I love his curmudgeoniness. By the way, I just love that um, his that aspect of it. But uh, it's a group of prisoners uh, that are all uh, in the middle of this North versus South uh, war in this uh, very kind of uh, Lord of the Ringsy kind of world. Again, with the Jeff Lemire art uh, style and watercoloring, right? So good so far. You think, Ian? Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling it. I nice. feel it's kind of a like sword and sorcery, but like not very much sorcery at all. Actually, none. But uh, in that kind of setting, yeah, and I, I have to say too, as far as and ogres and cool yeah, monsters and sea type. serpents and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I think that as far as we compare it to Jeff Lemire, we have a few times, but I think it's it's a definitely different kind of style with a little bit cleaner and clearer lines as well. Uh, so if I I honestly think some of that uh, Jeff Lemire style is a little he kind of washes it out and the lines aren't very clear sometimes. Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking he's uh, Sean Daly's kind of somewhere in between Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wynn kind of. Yeah, there you go. It's a good way to describe it. it. Yeah, because it's um, it's kind of cartoony, but not like overly. And that watercolor is really what really makes it pop, you know? Yes. Absolutely. It's just so beautiful. Any of the long epic shots, the shots that kind of back away a little to kind of give you a, a, a little landscape and where you want to just kind of live in that world, it's usually just gorgeous. Like there's a couple of scenes here and I'm all over the place, but in ep- episode two where there's just this starry night behind them and they're kind of like a, at a small fire and they're silhouetted and it's just gorgeous, you know, watercoloring paint. It's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, every single page is phenomenal. Like yeah. I just man, it must take him forever. <laughs> yeah, it, it, or or he's really good digitally to sell it to where it looks like it's authentic, you know, real watercoloring. But man, I after uh, thank you again, Ian, for for telling me about Ogre. But it, like I said, sold out in stores. I, I was surprised it's not on Comicsology yet. Uh, there's it's sold out on the Source Point Press website. <laughs> so um, you got to dig a little, folks, to find it. But it's worth the search. I mean. Uh, you gotta you gotta find ogre, but tell the people. Um, I just uh, gave some general interesting points, but tell the, the kind of gist of the story to folks to get them hooked. Ian, tell them. Well, the uh, the North versus South thing is kind of secondary to what this ogre is trying to do, and he's just trying to do his own thing and find his own path. So it's kind of it's kind of a mix of the North and South with the humans that he's mixed himself up with, but it's it's really more about him i think and what he's trying to do and um i'm not 100 <laughs> percent sure what's going on with the dead guy that he's carrying around just yet and i think that's something that's going to be revealed in the last issue 
Yeah, so he's chained to a corpse, but they have this psychic connection where he's kind of like a a, a Yoda hologram there with him uh, at yeah, all times. He's, he's always <laughs> telling him like, "Oh, don't you know? Don't drop me! Don't do this! Don't do that!" You know, and he's like, "Dude, you're dead. <laughs> it's okay." <laughs> yeah, even the fa- I loved this moment in uh, issue one where the hologram corpse ghost is teaching the ogre how to use a sword. He's like, yeah, you just kind of... Most ogres are known for just hitting people over the head with a giant mallet of sort. But uh, why don't you try this sword? And he's like kind of teaching him, you know, parry and dodge and turn. <laughs> it's just like he's doing yeah. weird things, this ogre, and the ogre's going along with some of it, you know? Yeah, and the ogre's like, he's like, uh, you got to have some finesse. And he's like, dude, I'm an ogre. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what what part of ogre do you not get? Like I smash things. <laughs> I love that he has that self awareness. He's like a like a really smart ogre. I think he's like a like a diamond in the rough, right? He's like a genetic defect, like yeah, where he's the, smarter than most ogres. That's the feel I get from not just uh, him and his personality, but from uh, the the whole thing with the corpse. You know, I feel like he's got to have something extra in him. You know, and I think it all kind of it all kind of is coming to a head. Yeah, there's like a a character in this uh, named Michonne, or Michonne, <laughs> like Walking Dead, Michonne, 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 or something like that. But, uh, you know, there's a moment where Michonne tells the ogre that, you know, you'll you just just be true to your heart. You know, there's that moment where the ogre's like, I've changed so much and I've done things my family would not be happy about, you know, and I've... You know, and and, there, and Michonne's just like, no, you know, you you have a good heart in there, and just be yourself. And I was just like, wow, that's. Sometimes the art will give you the uh, maybe sort of slight impression that you're dealing with a little younger age mentality, you know, sentiment here, right? Like a little kind of YA, but um, there's a couple of really big turns and some real kind of heavier conversations like that, that uh, that tell you it's very much something else, right? Yeah, and I think that. Um that's a testament to Bob and mm-hmm. his growing as a writer and how he, uh, you know, he kind of mixes those things really well. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, he makes it interesting for grownups like us, but, um, smart and engaging for, for, uh, the, yeah, that younger YA audience. Right. Right. And I, I just love that the ogre, uh, no one can see this, the, the ghost hologram that's with the ogre. So there's all those funny little who are you talking to moments. I love that, right? Yeah. <laughs> because of yeah, just that, that little bit of levity that you need, right? Yeah. None of those gags get old, in my opinion. They can just keep going with those all the time. But I just dig how the ogre is respectful to this corpse and wants to keep the body intact because the knight believes that in the afterlife, if you're dismembered, that you will be made fun of, you know, in the, in the night afterlife. And the ogre respects that, right? That's complex in itself. That that sort of that that little design, right? Yeah, and uh, the whole the whole dynamic between the two is is one of the things that kind of keeps me really engaged. Where I'm like, okay, I got to see where this is gonna go, you know? Yeah. Like I want to see what the uh, the final, you know, because uh, it's only a three parter. So this yeah. next this next one is gonna kind of culminate everything and i'm just really really interested to see what happens great pacing too episode one of ogre you have the sort of layout of the world right uh the north versus south and you have the prisoners that are there that are all kind of slowly coming together as like a group as the war sort of the next part of the battle continues and 
this this last castle is falling apart and the group sort of dash when they are looking to leave but they kind of all stick together that's like the gist of one and then two goes a little further into their road trip right and uh, even has this crazy dark turn that i don't want to spoil but i did not see this coming i was very pleasantly surprised by this very dark turn you know what i'm talking about yeah well there's a couple but um in issue two towards the end there's a big one that affects the ogre that's the one i'm talking about yeah yeah Okay. Yeah, I don't want to don't spoil don't ruin anything either. I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, it's uh it's definitely dark, but it's it's um something that uh, I I want to say it's something that you kind of needed because it kind of pushes the story along. It, it sure kind of gives him gives him even more reason to kind of do what he's doing, you know. Yeah, and it pushes the story along a little darker way and a darker turn, in my opinion. It really kind of surprised me, shocked me pleasantly. I was like, "Oh, okay, this is getting a little heavier." But they, but he, but Bob did such a great job of sprinkling in and leading us to sort of a, a heavier story. And man, does he leave you at the end of two wanting more, right? Great cliffhanger ending. We need more right away. Oh, absolutely. And I, uh, yeah, I can't wait. I'm gonna try to get a review. Uh... A review copy of issue three as soon as possible. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, throw my hat in there, man. See if you can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mention me, and uh, we I can get one too. But, man, what can we say? Uh, Ogre issue number one and two from Source Point Press. And again, I'm going to credit those guys. I mean, Bob Sally, fantastic writing and art and lettering by Sean Daly. This is our number one and number two pick of the week. This is our cover art winner and artist winner of the week, right here, folks. Ogre. Go get it. Thank you, Ian, for bringing Ogre to me. How did you, again, um, find Ogre? Like, again, I missed it because it wasn't on on the... It was it because of uh, Salvagers? Like, you already knew about it from the Kickstarter? Is that how you found your way to Ogre? Uh, again, Bob, uh, following Bob Sally on social media. If you just give him a Google, you probably find everything social media that he has going on. And he, uh, you know, he did a real good job of pumping it up. So I, I had pre-ordered it. But um, you can also just kind of keep your eye on sourcepointpress.com because they restock a lot. Okay. So good. they'll probably end up restocking this eventually. And um, I'm sure they'll come out with maybe like a mini trade or something once issue three is done. I hope so. It's all currently sold out. I was on the site today. But uh, Ogre, get it, folks. It's great. We highly recommend it. We uh, give it a glowing recommendation. Our, our top review here, it's our number one and two and art winner and cover artist one of the week. Ogre, go get it right ian yes go right now right now. go now so those are our new comic book recommendations this week for new comic book day december 5th we're gonna lock the vault door now excellent those comics are secure uh, <laughs> please go to your local comic book shop and buy these comic books immediately it's important to support your local comic book shops right ian yeah man these these folks spend a lot of time doing what they do and they they need your help man just yes, they be do. a patron. Just uh, show up, buy one or two. You know, it's not like you gotta. It's not like you gotta break the bank. They You're right. Just, uh, they love seeing you. They love hearing from you, and uh, they love it when you're reading some books. So yes, worth the money. Them. It'll bring yeah. you joy. Absolutely. And if you have any questions, comments, or you have a you want maybe a personal comic book recommendation, we'll both give them to you. Just email me directly to Chris at sunspotscomics.com or Ian. Ian. Uh, uh, Ian D. Yarrington at Twitter or uh, 
You can email me directly, E-B-O-M-B-S, that's ebombs at gmail. Ebombs. And also to see the Sunspots Comics universe just encapsulated in one place with all of our favorite picks of the week since we started the podcast in May of 2015, please go over to sunspotscomics.com. Just check it out. Click on the pull list to see the just updated 101 comic book titles that I'm currently reading. Where are you at? Are you right around there too? 100 and something? Oh, yeah, somewhere over 100. I kind of lost count, but yeah, 110 or something crazy. We read a jagillion comic so that you'll just know about the best stuff by listening to this podcast. Click on the top comic books of the week to see all of the past top comic book picks. They're all there for you. I update the website every single week. I'm super proud of it. Just go check out sunspotscomics.com. And click on newsletter. Sign up. It's just sunspotscomics.com slash contact. And hey, maybe you want some free comic books. Well, from time to time, as a thank you to you, the listener, I give away free Marvel Digital Comic Book Codes in Sunspots Comics podcasts, and there are still some unclaimed codes available. All you gotta do is just go and listen to past Sunspots Comics podcasts that are on the feed, grab the Marvel Digital Code that I usually read in the beginning part of the podcast, and go to marvel.com slash redeem, and punch in that code and see if you won. It's that easy, so free comic books for you. Go check out Sunspots Comics feed. Also, thank you to our sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. My buddy Julian hand makes these awesome augmented reality t-shirts based on cryptozoology. Just use your HP Reveal app and your smartphone and every Cryptid Zoo t-shirt will come to life. It's weird in this little video presentation. It's just awesome. You got to see it. But most importantly, go to cryptidzoo.com, use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS, and you'll get 25% off of your order. That's right, cryptidzoo.com. And check in uh, next week with us. We've got issue number 187 coming out of the Sunspots Comics podcast next week. I'm going to be reading 20 new comic books on my pull list for New Comic Book Day 1212. Ian, how many do you have on next week's podcast for a pull list? Uh, I got 28 going in. 28? Issue 187 should be killer. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And, uh... Is the 28 on your list including new number ones, or is it 28 plus whatever new number ones come out? No, yeah, that's 28 plus the new number ones, okay. and I actually only have one new number one. Wow, I've got five uh, next week, so potentially 25, and you're 28. That's like 114 comics. A lot of stuff coming out next week, but we're going to read them all and only tell you about the best ones so that you can save some time and save some money. And please help us out right here by telling a nerdy loved one that's into comic books to check out the Sunspots Comics podcast. Then go over to iTunes. Please give us a the Sunspots Comics podcast a few positive words and five stars. We would really appreciate it. If you do, we'll give you a shout out here in a future podcast and we'll even mail you a comic book prize pack as just a small token of our appreciation. And by the way, every link, every website, everything we mentioned and discussed today, there'll be links of it on the podcast notes on the on when you click on the podcast there's these little notes. Just click in there. You'll see a bunch of links to everything we discussed. But thank you so much uh, for listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. Right, Ian? Yeah, of course. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you come back. Yes, come on back and try us again. Trust me, you'll get to hear some great comic books. We really picked the best ones. But now go spend some quality time with the ones you love by reading some comic books together. And be water, my friends. And of course, tell the people... Our slogan at the end here, Ian. Tell them. To be continued. To be continued. (laughs) I'll see you later, Ian. Bye. Later. See you guys later. Bye-bye.
Spider-Man. Salutations. Tell me a joke. Oh, Amadeus told me a pretty funny joke. So, what did the cell say when someone stepped on his foot? Ow, mitosis. <laughs> you see, in that joke, cells have feet. 